When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, love you guys out there, man. I'm reading these comments, uh, feeling the love and the support for what we're doing right here, really having discussions not just debates, not just me talking at you guys, but really trying to layer these conversations. That's my intention. Trying to bring the barbershop to the group text, because you know the group text, that's where we're really honest. And this, where we all gather, man. It could be the sports bar, it could be the pub, wherever. You could be in the club just yelling at your boy, hey man, what happened with Ezekiel? You know, those real conversations, instead of all this, he sucks, he's this, and calling them out their name. We ain't about that about over here. So let's talk about what I'm up to before we get into this amazing show. All right, so every day I pick up my kids, and when I tell people my schedule, they kind of giggle like, dog, you're doing way too much, or as I like to say, three much, right? So I pick up my kids every day around 2 p.m. That's when it's time to get rolling. I don't have to be out the house, but it's time to get rolling. My kids go to school across state lines. In L.A., that means you got to cross the 405. In L.A., that means you got to cross the 405 and the 101. That's what I have to do to go take my kids or pick up my kids from school. Why? Because we used to live over there. So that's why. And it's an amazing school. I love it. They're loving it. So we're committed to that school all the way into the end, sixth grade. But we moved. And we crossed state lines when we moved, basically. So with that said, about 2 o'clock, I leave the crib, 2.15. I get there around 3, y'all. It takes 35. 30 to 50 minutes on average. That's a wide average, right? But usually it's mid 35, 40 minutes. Get there, pick them up. I'm not lying. It charges me up every day. Of course, there are some parents who hire services and car services. Remember like different strokes? Now in the world, don't move. I see that. Like every day, some little limo or 
or a sedan car picking up the kids and the driver and all that. And the theater was one drum. And the little kid jumping in with the backpack. Thank you. You got my snacks? Talking to the driver. It's not an Uber, y'all. It's a real driver. But, because there's a lot of billionaires that go to the school. When I say a lot, I mean more than one. Um, I think it's like three or four that I know of offhand. And I'm just the one that got to be there, touch my kids, physically see them. Because every time they light up, and daddy, I got these little art. And they got the little project that they made for the day that looks a mess. It just charges me. Without that, I don't know where I would be. So I commit to that pickup. My wife commits to dropping them off, typically, unless she's working. So that's our schedule. So I get back home around 4 o'clock. Yeah, I left the crib at two, I'll come back at four. Easily I could be here doing something a little more meaningful in terms of business, but what's more meaningful than letting your kids light you up every single day? So that was great. After that Taekwondo practice last night, my son is kicking ass, literally like kicking ass. The little kid turned around, he kicked him in his butt. Kid turned around and said, hey, he kicked him in the head. I said, my boy, boy, he can kick. My boy is about that life. Really athletic for a seven-year-old. We'll see what happens with that. After that, snowfall, you know me. I'm finally caught up, and I'm glad I did, because my boy, Omar Dorsey, is in the latest episode. If you don't know who he is, uh, he was in Queen Sugar, Ray Donovan, but he's also the mechanic, I guess, Clyde, in Snowfall. Shout out to my dog who's out here actually filming a, a show. I guess it's a show, HBO Max, with my other boy, Sebastian Maniscalco, they're filming some show, I don't know what the hell it's called, but it's basically about bookies and stuff, and it's going to be really good. After that, you know what? I just chilled out, man. I had me a little sip of something, a uh, little Anejo, Anejo, a little uh, Casa Anejo, and then I crashed. Now, crashing at the Wiley Cribs is a little different, and I'll tell y'all that next episode. It's gangster. But right now, let's get into the show right now. Aaron Rodgers told Adam Schefter to lose his number. <laughs> I can't lie. Y'all like me, I love when athletes beef with media. I just do. You know why? Because I've been an athlete and I've been media. And I'm like, y'all need to meet each other and fight it out, bruh. Because in media, with a suit on and the air-conditioned studio, and we sitting there distant from the game, we talk too much trash. We clown too many people, me included. You get into that zone where you forget that is a human being doing the best he can. That is a black belt trying his damnness. And when they flip it on him, when the rabbit got the gun and Aaron Rodgers like, fool, you lying, stop it. Lose my number. Bow. I just love it. I don't know if y'all with me, but I think you guys are. Now, the funniest thing is we know he's intending to play with the Jets next season. Green Bay, now in negotiation mode, is acting like, oh, no, no, we don't know about all that. What do you mean you don't know about all that? We've been having these conversations privately. No, I don't know about all that. We'll see what happens, you know. That's what you got to do. You got to put that hat on when you're in negotiation mode. I get it. But check out what Zach Wilson said. <laughs> he going to eat these words. He said this back in January. I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. Oh, you are? Or you mean your life going to be hell now in their practice every day? Because if Aaron Rodgers show up, Zach Wilson, get used to carrying helmets, homeboy. If, if Aaron Rodgers shows up, get used to not being known around there. Hey, you remember me and Zach? Hey, guys. And they'd be like, what? Man, you better get your ass out of my face. It is so funny to see a guy pop off like that. Because, you know, after the roller coaster ride Zach Wilson's been on, that's the last thing you need to be saying to somebody. 
Like you go, oh, the GM is like, did you hear what Zach said? No, did you see what Zach said? Oh my God, he's like, he's gonna bring hell every day to whoever we bring in here. And then somebody in the back was like, well then bring it there. That's the devil. <laughs> he is hell himself. So now bring hell to the devil. I dare you, Zach Wilson, you're gonna eat them words. That's gonna be hilarious. Aaron Rodgers also was quoted by saying, I went into darkness, 90% retiring, 10% playing. Obviously that flipped on that retreat kind of went back to himself and then sometimes that can happen. You know, you can get caught up in the moment of life and stuff just starts to layer on you and you really can't separate the signal from the noise, right? The noise is so loud. You forgot. Oh, I love this. Oh, this is me. Oh, I'm still great at this. So let me make sure I still commit to that. Other than that, he said, I'm debatably the best player in franchise history. Wow. I don't even think that's a debate. You are the best player in franchise history, but you're not the greatest player in franchise history. Brett Favre has their heart. No matter what he's done to them people, he has their heart. Maybe because he was first in comparison to you, but more importantly, it seems like there are more signature moments. But Aaron Rodgers, oh yeah, talent. Aaron Rodgers, they both won one Super Bowl. I'm not going to get into all that. Y'all watch NFL Live, y'all want that. But I think that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but Brett Favre was a greater quarterback. All that said, man, it's going to be fun to watch Aaron Rodgers kick up some dust, bring the pitchfork, and show him that I'm the devil, Zach Wilson, and hell is upon you. And it's time to cut Ezekiel Elliott's ass off this team. Man, saw this coming. I thought it should have happened before. Not necessarily him getting cut, but dude, he was not the best running back on that team. We all know it was Tony Pollard, who is now recovering from injury, so he got franchised. They're going to obviously bet on Tony Pollard healing and coming back as strong, if not stronger. But let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. What a ride for him, man, because obviously he came into the league under scrutiny because of some of his indiscretions off the field. You guys know them. They're well recorded. But in his set set, Zeke played for the Cowboy for seven years. Damn, that was a long time. But it flew by. Ezekiel Elliott had 10,498 all-purpose yards. It's always bad when they sell all-purpose yards first. You know why? Because that means we can't just say rushing yards and then add on something else. They got to give it all to you right there. They're trying to be nice to this boy. And led the league in rushing twice. There you go. Ranks third in franchise history in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. What does that mean? Behind Emmitt Smith and Tony Dorsett. Oh, that means something. <laughs> right? Somebody else say third in, in the history. And you're like, what? Oh, them two? Yeah, I would take my bronze medal. Now, I knew that it was over for Zeke in terms of upstairs. In their minds, they turned the light switch off. When the last play from scrimmage in a playoff game, we see the Dallas Cowboys line up their franchise running back at center. And I'm like, if a run... I played running back before. If a running back is playing center, guess what? Coaches have checked out on your butt. <laughs> like, it's a wrap. So not only is he playing center, because I can get it. If you put him at center, but you got him running a nice route or whatever, maybe it makes sense. He had to sit there and blocks because the 49ers ain't stupid. We see Zeke at center, blitz his butt. Make him block from right there. He ain't going nowhere. Wow. And we all know how that turned out, right? He got posterized like Ezekiel got cockroach. He got dead leg. You know, I can't even do it in this chair. Plus my belly. But he was like dead leg. He was just sitting there like, ha, ha. Oh, 
If they had won that game, the Cowboys, let me tell you how much they would have clowned Zeke. But when you lose a game, you can't go into the film room with them jokes. But trust me, if that's my boy, I'm hitting him with that. You got raided. Like a big can of raid hit his ass. He's just sitting there dead like That was funny. Now, Ezekiel, here's the thing. You were in decline. We know it. For a while there. Then it, it, you got a little spike again, a little roller coaster ride. But the last three years, 900 yards, 800 yards, 1,000 yards, and none of those are Ezekiel numbers. Let's talk about why. Because a lot of times we hear 1,000-yard rusher, you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it's like, let's go back to math class. I don't know what level math this is for you, but 1,000 yards divided by 17 games. How many yards do you think that is a game? Okay. It's 58 point, 58 yards a game. Now, you fantasy players out there, if I told you to go get a running back that was going to get 58 yards a game, you'd throw your phone at me. Man, shut up. I want no damn running back 58 yards a game. That's nothing. It's crazy how a thousand yard season sounds so grand, but when you bust that thing down, it's 58 yards a game. Man, you get your sorry ass up out of here. So now people are saying, where is he going? Uh, Buffalo Bills was one of the first names I heard. Ooh, real contending team. Get him out the NFC to the AFC, whatever that may be. Look, I don't think he has a ton left. From looking at him and evaluating him, I see a short yardage running back with exceptional bursts. But between the 20s, I don't see an exceptional running back anymore. I don't see a guy who has that sixth gear. Now, I'm not going to go into the rumor mill. But I will be honest with my audience. About three years ago, a birdie told me that Ezekiel is doing a little too much off the field. And I was like, really? That's what's going on? And I was like, hmm. And, and then I think it was around the time where he got caught up at this festival, right? He got in trouble at a festival or something, right? And we know if you've been to a festival before, let's just say it's kind of easy to inhale and exhale um, air that's not pure, whatever it may be, or worse things, right? I've been to Coachella before, um, not tempted, but certainly offered some things beyond my normal drink and a gummy. Like, I like a gummy, and I love me some drink. But I ain't doing both at the same time because you ain't going to see me no more. Night-night, night-night. <laughs> so other than that, I know what goes on because I went with – a group and one of the girls got on it and I was like your ass looking weird right now so I'll see you tomorrow because I am not trying to hear how this night ended with you on that and I remember I was at coach oh, I think that was a Kanye one or something crazy dope who Kanye killed that um, but Ezekiel I heard was just doing a little more than the normal and I don't know what that meant and if I do I protect the guilty right so I started to put that together with what I was seeing on the field. Like he was just burning both ends of the candles. What did Marv Levy said? You can't hoop with the owls and soar with the eagles. So Ezekiel is just doing too much, right? Okay, that makes sense. Then you start watching the run and the legs just didn't respond to me. They look dull to me, dead legged. It's kind of like right now, I'm watching Odell Beckham Jr showed some highlights from his workouts. And he's obviously had the two ACL injuries, et cetera, right? Still can catch the ball like none other. One hand, grab the point of the ball, wah, 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 what are you going to do? But I'm watching those subtle movements. And why am I watching those subtle movements? 
because I noticed that when I started to fall off, those subtle movements were missing. So it's like this. When you are in prime shape and healthy and mindless, that means you are totally committed to yourself, right? You're in the zone, all instinct. Literally, your feet are typewriters to your fullest. Like me, I used to do that, bag drills. And then when you're not that guy, and I'm going to show you how it really illustrates in the game. You're not that, you're not drumline anymore, but you're like that, 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 that. Every time that you're in the air, you can't make a decision. Where somebody else, that, 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 all of those contact points are decisions that can be made. That means he can go, that means he and versus dun, dun. Now, if I'm a defender, dun, dun, is a lot easier to defend that. And he's lost that. We all know it. We all seen it. Can he regain it is the conversation. Sometimes it is as simple as a breath of fresh air and a recommitment to the game, not burning both ends of the candles as I heard through the rumor mill. Whatever is going on with Ezekiel Elliott, he's not too old in terms of turning the corner and all of a sudden getting himself back. But is he too beat up, right? Seven years and he used to get the rock and we're not seeing it right now. So the only thing about it is it's interesting. When I saw him, I only met him one time. And when I met him, hmm, when I met him, hmm, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's just say his feet were a little off the ground, right? That's the nicest way I can say it, man, because I don't want to kick him when he's down. Once you get your job and once you get your new contract, I'll tell y'all what that means when his feet were off the ground. Hello, hola, hola. Oh, let's go to Miami where if you say hola down in Miami, ooh, you know who's going to come out. Senoritas. God, Miami is amazing, huh? Like no one walking this planet says anything bad about Miami. It's nightlife. It's social scene. You may say, yeah, man, look. Um, this rain every day at three o'clock is getting a little annoying. I get that, right? You may even say, golly, man, this humidity is whipping my butt. Uh, you give me that. The hurricane just wiped us out. You got me there. But if it's sunny and then it's nighttime and then we can go out, Lord, is there any place better than Miami? You know why? Let's be real about it. Because it's so damn close to the Caribbean and all these little small countries and everybody's there. The melting pot is the sweetest. Like America's a big melting pot. But some parts of us, we put meat and potatoes in the pot. Eh, get out of here. I don't want to go there, right? Midwest and stuff like that. And then some parts, it's like Miami. It's like herbs and spices. You're like, whoo. When I'm in Miami, I'm like, I don't. My wife and I, we are committed to trying to just look at people like, what is that? Who is that? I mean, it is culture to show up and show out. Good job, Miami. That's why I never lived down there. So I can have a family, be faithful, and have kids. Goodness, Miami too much. Uh, let's talk about this. But we're in Miami right now with Jimmy Butler. And I don't know how he lives down there, but he does. Uh, he punishes teammates by blasting Nickelback after their loss to Orlando. Hmm. Now, one, there are Nickelback fans. You know why? How I know? Because I heard of Nickelback. So it must be a big group, right? And what do they call it? I think Herbert told me it's called Radio Rock. They're a Radio Rock star. 
whatever. They're big, right? So you go into a locker room. Let's just all assume by the stereotype. We're going to listen to rap. Black, white, whatever is in that locker room, we listen to rap because rap's the number one music genre in the world now, which is a whole nother conversation we're going to have one day, y'all. I can't believe it because I was alive and aware day one of rap. And now it's number one. And let me tell y'all, oh, it's been a long road. It's been a tough journey to get to number one, but we'll get to that another time. So imagine you go into the locker room and you're a grown man, right? Because this is where the conversation is going to evolve to. You're a grown man, right? You Tyler Hero or something. You bald. Y'all lost to Orlando, whatever. And then Jimmy comes in, and Jimmy is the man amongst men. He's the alpha dog. He's Mufasa. Like he walk in and he pissed. Now we all lost, but you pissed we lost. Maybe I'm not pissed. I did my best. We lost. Hey, we got 82 of these. We all good. But the alpha came in. I don't like this moment and pushes play. Do they still have anything you push play on? Yeah. Pushes play on the on the damn eight track. Pushes it in, put the eight track in, nickelback comes on. And he just blasting it. He just looking at everybody like this, turning it louder. Yeah, you suckers. Oh yeah, y'all gonna play harder because y'all gotta listen to Nickelback. I don't know how he connected those two and think that's gonna work as motivation, but he did it, right? Just to be the a-hole, right? And I just laugh because I am uniquely qualified to talk about this conversation. We know in any room there's gonna be four corners. And Thankfully, now, I was blessed to be in every corner of the locker room. Now, going into it, I only wanted to be in one corner, right? I wanted to be in the LeBron James corner. But I was in all four corners. Let's describe it. Let's talk through this. Because when you're the alpha, when you're the man, when you have that level of power, oh, there's nothing sweeter. So when I came into the league, I came from a small school. So first corner was, should he even be in here? You know, those undrafted guys, the Brock Purdy day one, Mr. Irrelevant, or me, the second rounder, but you went to Columbia, sorry ass. Like, what, what, what are you doing here, right? Now, there's another corner over there, which is, okay, he on the team. He, he all right. He, he got something in him. Like, we cool with him. We need him. He's valuable to a degree. Then, you become that corner where LeBron and those guys live, right? And I was in that corner, too, where they're like, not only is he the man, we need him if we're going to win. We need him if we're going to do something. He got to show up. He got paid. He the dude. He's an all-star, a pro bowler, an all-pro, whatever you want to call him. And he is a Mufasa, right? But I've also been this guy. That's why I said I'm uniquely qualified. Shouldn't have been in there. Okay, I see you, homie. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Marcellus. Do you want some more cheese and wine? And then I've been that last guy. Where they looking at they watch every time they see, hey, Wiley, how long are you going to be here? You're Donis Haslam or something like that. But they're like, dog, I mean, you ain't doing much around here. You sweeping up after we leave the locker room or something? What is your value to us right now? But you the homie, but what is your value? So I've been all four of those guys. And boy, when you are not the man, it's crazy to be making all this money compared to the world. You're still a star no matter where you go. You go to the grocery store. Oh, baby, you play in the NBA. But then you go in here and another man petting you on your head, sunning you out like, hey, shut up. And you like, what do you mean shut up? And he like, I said, shut up. 
everybody, Nickelback on. <laughs> what the hell? And that's bad. But then it gets even worse if you got some assistant coaches. I didn't say head coach. Assistant coaches that like to bark to them little poodles. Because they got the big dog behind them, the head coach who's sitting there like, okay, go get them coordinators. And the coordinators, yeah, yeah, all y'all need to know. What y'all need to do? And this dude, no disrespect, is making in a year what you make in one game. And he barking at you punking you because he got the power to do so. I just wanted to talk to those power dynamics because I think it's hilarious when you see the man amongst men. And no matter how much he may flex on his boys, he may go home and his family got to bow down so they can get their monthly allowance. But in that locker room, usually it's one dude that rules. And I was blessed to have a moment where I was that dude, but I had many more where I wasn't. Let's talk about John Moran, who sat down with Jalen Rose. And I don't know if y'all remember Jalen Rose, and I'm not just talking about Fab Five Jalen Rose, but Jalen Rose had the culture in the headlock for a while, always in the videos, in the movies. This was like the go-to guy in terms of sports when the rapper or entertainer wanted to look fresh. And I remember when I used to hang out, I used to always look up to Jalen Rose in that respect, like, damn, Jalen knows everybody and it was just always in the mix and still was balling, had a hundred million dollar contract, fab five dude. Like Jalen salute, man, has a school. Say what you want about the dude. I just think he's a great guy and is doing amazing, especially since we known him. He kicked, he helped raise us. It felt like, like who didn't pull their shorts down a little longer because Jalen Rose and the fab five was out there getting it. But he sat down with John Morant and John Morant with Jalen, actually has some good quotes. I'm not going to go through the whole interview. You got to watch it yourself. I saw about a four-minute clip. Not sure if there's going to be more um, in the upcoming days. But one of the quotes that stood out was, the gun wasn't mine. It's not who I am. Yeah, I know. You're not a gun. I don't condone any type of violence. I take full responsibility for my actions. I like that. Actually, I love that. Except one part, but I love the fact that he's like, that's not me, dog. I was fronting. I was doing too much. I was out there. High sign. That's not who John Moran is. It's time to take a pause. Time to realize who I am and portray that properly. Especially because not only am I a baller, a NBA superstar, but I'm a father. I love all that. Now, it also told me something. Y'all know me. I'm going to have to bring it and cut it up and bring the real. The gun wasn't mine. That screams to me, it's time to cut the homies off. <laughs> like, you can tell me it wasn't even the homies. Well, whoever in the hell gun it was, it's time, to, it's time to look at them differently. Why? Because those around you have to be as responsible as they can in the ways that they can as you are responsible to your craft, right? Job. Your job is to ball out. And whatever comes with that, Rest, nutrition, all of the sacrifices you must make. People act like he just wake up. Uh, what time the game? 7.30. All right. Just drive me to the arena. I got it. And then all the shots go in. Nah. You wake up, you're sore. You wake up, you got to stretch. You wake up, you got to do therapy. You wake up, you got to work out. You wake up, you got to go to shooting practice. You wake shoot around. You wake up, you got to make sure you get your rest. You got to do all that before you even score two points. <laughs> and those around you who are benefiting 
from you, whether it's financially, human capital. Oh, walk into a, a meeting and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity. And what's your name? Oh, my name is Drexel. Oh, okay, Drexel. Here's a piece of paper. Fill this out. Or walk in that same room and say, hey, I'm John Morant's blank. <laughs> my name is Drexel. That's, you, John Morant, what? It's just different, right? You can draft off of this dude, man. So everybody has a role to play. And none of the roles are give John Morant a gun <laughs> and then let John Morant get on camera with the gun. My boys, I'm not even a superstar. My boys, <laughs> as drunk as we may be, as, as, as gone as we may be, and it's happened before. Cat, hey, dog, nah. Hell no. Nah. Remember, I was I was drunk in my bachelor party and these girls were coming and I was like, let them come. <laughs> and my boy roadblock. No, no, no. Y'all may have cameras. Y'all may be crazy. No, no, no. We ain't doing that. We just here to have fun. I like you herbs, but keeps me out the news, right? Keeps me from moments like this. Just being real. Got to be vulnerable about these situations. But people have a role to play. And it sounds like whoever gave you that gun. And maybe you just didn't want to say it was your, I don't know. But if somebody's in your circle that's enabling you to do bad behavior and they're not the star like you, can't have it. All right, so also, John Morant, let's talk through this, had a meeting with Adam Silver. Let's read it. Morant conducted this sit-down interview with Jalen in New York hours after meeting with the commissioner, Adam Silver, who called Morant's conduct, quote, irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous in a statement Wednesday announcing the eight-game suspension. Okay, so now we got a number, eight-game suspension. Gotcha. And the commissioner has put the world on notice as he's put you on notice that no more of this, this can't be tolerated. Why? He doesn't hate John Morant. He loves John Morant. He also likes running an NBA league that makes money and you got to understand the proxy of your services. Like one thing as an athlete, we get caught up in thinking that we're a person <laughs> to these organizations. Nah, B, you're a commodity and it rhymes. You understand? You are charging them for your services. They are paying for your services. They really don't care about much else y'all. Okay, you could throw in some initiatives, you could throw in your charity, whatever. And you could throw a lot more in if you're a good guy and you're a great player. But we can keep it lean and mean. Just give me the services and I give you the check. But when you start straying and bringing bad attention, bad publicity to the organization and to the NBA as a whole, oh, we got problems no matter how great you are. That's the issue right here. So John Morant, eight games without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. It's hard to go to sponsors when you got somebody who's a star who's on the billboard right behind you was flashing a gun on IG Live the day before. So all of that said, I'm looking forward to more of John Morant in the, and not only as a basketball player being great, but in the mental space of being a great person of character. I think he got it in him. I just know that he went on a bad, horrible streak of trying to impress people. I think he went on this horrible path of trying to make sure that other people thought that he was somebody he wasn't. He was out to prove something. He ain't got nothing to prove, y'all.
you're already one. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish this show every single day. What a Wileyism. Not yet. Okay. Here's the Wileyism for today. Mm. I can resist everything except temptation. <laughs> I love that. I can resist everything except temptation. Oh man. Learned long time ago. Don't play with fire. Long time ago. Don't play with fire. It's hot. <laughs> it can warm you. Yeah, but it's going to get hot even when it's warm you, <laughs> right? Like it's going to take you from your room temperature to warm to hot. Don't play with fire. I can resist everything except temptation. You got to know thyself, right? You got to know who you are. And the best way to resist anything is to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Punk out. Stop trying to be the dude that's going to the club to my arm. Good. I'm good because somebody's going to be in that club that's going to be great <laughs> and then it's going to be late <laughs> and then you can't wait <laughs> and then your wife going to hate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, stop it, y'all. You don't need that on your plate. Let me. All right, I'm done. I told you I could freestyle. Top five ever. Ask Big Tigger. Ask uh, Eddie George. I am top five ever when I'm hydrated. It's silly. But in seriousness, so many times in this world we want challenges and I'm overcome that. I'm going to do that. But if you know you got an end goal that you just got to attain, bruh, avoid the BS. Avoid it. Not dance with it. Not hang with him a little bit. Not do it like, dog, I got to get here. So I heard Michael B. Jordan actually say this. He's like, I'm not wasting my young years partying. He's like, I hang. I kick it. Very rarely do I do it, but I do. But I am not wasting my young years partying. I like that as a mindset overall. Look, no one's going to be perfect in none of this. But at the same time, you can really sabotage your own plans just because you're not walking a straight line to where you want to go. What's the shortest path between two points? Straight line, right? Right there. Connect those two things. So I learned a long time ago. Hopefully you guys know this too. Want to get somewhere? Go there. Don't go everywhere else and then still try to get there. Because I know I can resist everything, everything, except temptation. All right, that's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, that dude. Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcel Swallow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All, what I got? 182 of them. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search... To find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? 
We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back from me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.